Batman Forever Radio, Episode 99, When Batman Was Robin. Hello and welcome to Batman Forever, the radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. No, you have not downloaded the wrong podcast. There's just going to be a few changes. Yes, a few changes. Um, Because of my, you know, I don't know, mental state, (laughs) some things that have happened recently, uh, I thought I needed a little break from Superman. And I didn't want to stop the podcast, of course, but wanted to talk about something else. And, And if not Superman... What? Well, I thought I'll just go to my second favorite character of all time, the Batman. Now, if you want to know more about why and my feelings and, and all of that stuff about why I really decided to, to take a little break from Superman, um, stick around at the end of the show. I'll tell you all the details because I, I, I just I don't want to get into it right up front here. I, I want to um, just kind of dive right into a Batman show. And... Um, you know, so I'll just save all of the other stuff about the hows and whys and what's going to happen. And don't worry, your subscription, if you're subscribed to the Superman Forever radio podcast, that will not change. You will still get them. They'll just be now the Batman Forever radio podcast. And I hope that, you know, like me, if you're a fan of Superman, you're probably also a fan of Batman to some degree and you'll stick around. But again, come back at the end of the show. Or stick around to the end of the show or fast forward to the end of the show. But I I hope you stick around and just listen to, you know, what I want to say about Batman and all that and my origin story with Batman and the character uh, and the comic that I've picked to talk about today. I hope you stick around for all that. And then at the end of the show, if you want to know why uh, this is all happening and my actual feelings of Superman, et cetera, et cetera, then at the end of the show, I will uh, give you all those details. But for right now. Let's talk Batman. How did I come to be a Batman fan? Well, if you've listened to episode 79 of the Superman Forever radio podcast, then you'll know my origin story with the character of Superman. And other than the topic of George Reeves and the adventures of Superman TV show of the 50s, my origin story with the comic book character Batman is pretty much the same as my origin story with the comic book character of Superman. The big trunk full of comics in my grandfather's barn that my cousin showed me. In that trunk, not only were Superman comics, which is what my main interest was at the time, but there were also Justice Society comics, All-Star comics, Wonder Woman comics, there's some war comics, there were all kinds of different comics. But there were also some detective comics and Batman comics. So along with the Superman comics, when I would go back to the trunk to find something else to read, occasionally and eventually I would uh, pick up one of those Batman comics as I learned to read and thought, wow, this is a great character. I like this guy and his sidekick, Robin. So if you want to know more detail about that origin story, I urge you to download and listen to uh, the Superman Forever radio podcast, episode 79. But the story I've chosen for us today to talk about is not one of those comics. Uh, Eventually, as we get into the summer, by the way, later into the summer of the year 2016, 
We're going to take a look at a couple of the comics in that trunk in a little more detail because that will be the, are you ready for this, 60th anniversary of the day I walked in and uh, found those comics. It's been 60 years this coming summer of 2016. But for now, let's get into the, uh, the story I've chosen for us. And you know, it's so amazing. I first read this story in the giant Batman annual number two from 1962, which was a terrific collection of Batman stories. But it originally appeared in Detective Comics number 227, October 1955. Well, in 1955, I was a little three-year-old kid, so about to turn four in 1956, which, you know, so I really got into comics. I started reading comics, um, you know, about uh, seven or eight months after this comic was published. I thought I had read this story uh, prior to The Giant, but looking back at my database of comics and looking back and uh, uh, things like that and and trying to track it down, I don't think that uh, Detective Comics 227 was in that trunk. Uh, At least I don't remember the cover looking that way. I don't remember this cover, so... I'm going to go with the fact that I read the story for the first time when I was 10 in 1962 in that giant Batman annual number two. And the story is called When Batman Was Robin. The artwork, it's obviously Dick Sprang, famous Batman artist throughout the 50s and into the 60s. As so many times, this this has been so weird. Over the last few years, as I've been doing this podcast and getting back into comics more and reading a lot of my older comics because I got a tablet and I'm able to now, you know, zoom in and actually reread some of these great old comics. (laughs) Something that just amazes me as I look at some of these and I want to go back and reread some of my favorite comics that I read as a kid. And then I go to Mike's amazing world of, in this case, DC Comics, to find out all the details about it, the background, who wrote it, who drew it, who blah, blah, blah. Well, I am amazed, and we've talked about this before on the Superman Forever Radio podcast, how many of my favorite stories when I look back were written by the great science fiction writer Edmund Hamilton. Now... That kept popping up during all of my Superman stories. The shock I had when doing the research for this, when I went to Mike's Amazing World and looked up the story when Batman was Robin. And sure enough, there it is again. Edmund Hamilton Ryder. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. It's just amazing. But again, I, I think I like some of the science fiction elements of... Uh, this period of time of the 50s and uh, throughout some of the 60s. So I did like the science fiction stories in Superman and, yes, even in Batman, even though we're not really calling this a science fiction story. Um, I'm kind of drawn to those uh, elements that have some sort of uh, science fiction or science fantasy-based element to them. But I was very surprised that This story was written by the great Edmund Hamilton. So let's get into it, shall we?
Detective Comics, number 226. I may have said 227 earlier. It's actually Detective Comics, number 226. Has a cover date, December 1955, with an on-sale date of October 1955. Cover, Dick Sprang. Hello, Dick Sprang. Editor, Jack Schiff. When Batman Was Robin, written... By the great Edmund Hamilton. Art by Dick Sprang. Reprinted in Batman Annual Number 2. And uh, the hardcover. Uh, Batman Number 2, by the way, was 1962. The hardcover of Batman Annuals, uh, released in 2009, also includes this story. When Batman Was Robin. Batman with Robin the Boy Wonder. A flashing streak of green and scarlet. A teenage typhoon in action. That's Robin, the boy wonder. Batman's great young partner. But once years ago, as a youth, Batman himself wore the Robin costume. Here's the inside story the world has never known. The inside tale of Batman's first adventure as a lawman and of the detective that was greater than he. In the days... When Batman was Robin. After a particularly tough case, Batman and Robin head towards the Batcave, looking for a good night's sleep. But when they get home, Alfred is waiting for them, waiting up. And uh, Batman says, well, Alfred, it's late. You didn't have to wait up for us. Oh, yes, sir. But this came by special delivery, and I wanted you to have it before retiring. And what was it? It's a package. Alfred said he wanted to wait up and make sure that Batman got the package. The package was addressed to Bruce Wayne, marked Urgent, and the sender's name was Harvey Harris. Harvey Harris? asks Robin. Who's he? Batman says he's someone I knew long ago, and if this package sent to Bruce Wayne is what I think it is, it could mean the end of the careers of Batman and Robin. As Batman opens the package, Robin exclaims, It's a Robin costume, like mine! Yes, but made before you were born, and its delivery to Bruce Wayne can mean only one thing. A long time ago, I made a horrible, terrible mistake that will now cost the secret identities of Batman and Robin. But Batman, says Robin, what can this possibly mean? Batman sits Robin down and begins his story by saying, It happened a long time ago when I was in my teens. Every young boy is a hero worshipper to some degree, and my hero was the great detective Harvey Harris. So Harvey Harris was one of the world's greatest detectives, and I wanted to be just like him when I grew up. I wanted to work with him, because I wanted to be a great detective, too. So, I devised a plan, so Batman devised a plan, Bruce Wayne, as a teenager, uh, to get to know and see if he could work with his great idol, Harvey Harris. How did he do that? He started to follow him for several days to learn his route and what he did and 
decided that if he could follow him for a few days and then tell the great detective he had been following him and the great detective didn't know he had been following, then the great detective would have no choice but to let Bruce, the young teenage Bruce Wayne, work with him. The story takes place in the summer, by the way, and the Waynes, Martha and Thomas Wayne, were abroad on a cruise, which left uh, the teenage Bruce Wayne home alone with the butler and maid. So he has the time, because it's during the summer, to follow uh, the great detective around. So, you got all that? So anyway, after uh, the teenage Bruce Wayne follows Harvey around and gets his routine down, he decides that uh, it's time to um, uh, approach the great detective and uh, ask him if he can be his apprentice, if he will help him, teach him. But Bruce Wayne thinks, well, if I just go to him, you know, as myself, he will say, uh, no, it's too dangerous, and he'll just tell my parents, uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne, who are abroad, uh, as the young teenage Bruce Wayne attempts to <laughs> uh, become an assistant to the great detective, because that's what Bruce wants to be when he grows up, is a crime-fighting detective. And he thinks this as a teenager. What <laughs> Martha, okay, you got that? Okay, so... Ah, so anyway, he decides he's going to tell uh, or ask uh, the detective if he would do that, be his teacher. But before he does that, he says, you know, if I do that, he'll know who I am, and then he'll warn my parents, and I won't be able to do it. So I'll make a costume. I'll hide myself. I'll hide my identity. And Bruce Wayne makes a costume that looks like Robin's costume. This costume is fanciful, but it will disguise my identity. So putting on his new costume with the bright red breast and the yellow cape, uh, he goes and jumps around on the rooftops following Harvey uh, around, Detective Harris around. But notices Detective Harris is taking a different route this time. Why is he taking a different route? Because he is himself following a crook. Uh, of some kind. Now, Bruce sees that from the rooftops and goes ahead of him and says, oh no, the crook knows that he's being followed and is waiting to uh, do damage to the detective as he comes around the corner. What'll I do? Well, that's when Batman says he learned how to use his wits and what's at hand uh, to solve the problems. And he's on top of the Bell Clothing Store. And their display has a big six-foot-tall bell on top of it. Robin, or Bruce Wayne, actually thinks, well, this big bell, it's made of tin, so it won't hurt him, but it'll stop him. And he knocks the bell down and puts it on top of the crook. Uh, It keeps the detective from getting uh, hit or hurt or shot or killed or whatever. After all the cops leave... Uh, Bruce Wayne finally gets up the nerve now and, and approaches Harvey and tells him. And Harvey says, that was quick thinking. And he thinks to himself that if uh, uh, if I tell this kid just to go away, he might continue to do it and get himself into trouble. So I'll play along until I find out who his parents are and let them know what's going on. So he tells the young Bruce Wayne that, yes, you can work with me, uh, but you must learn to obey 
So Bruce is all excited. Now he's going to work with him. And Harvey says, wow, that's a mighty bright costume. Reminds me of uh, Robin in spring. I'll call you Robin. So the name of Robin was created by the detective Harvey Harris. Bruce Wayne's lessons in detecting began at Harvey Harris's house, where, of course, while teaching young Bruce about the art of detectiveness, <laughs> was also trying to figure out and test Bruce uh, and figure out who he was, too. Making comments such as, um, for example, that's very clever costume and it's well cut and sewn too. Bruce thinks to himself quickly, he's trying to figure out who I am by figuring out who made my costume and tracing the tailor back to the uh, receipts and the names. Well, huh, I'll fool him. I made it myself. Bruce thinks to himself, and that's no lie, I really made it myself. So if I can still keep my identity secret from him, he'll know I can be a great detective. And if I can keep my secret identity or my identity a secret from him, the world's greatest detective, then I can keep it a secret from anybody. Well, Harris does more stuff like that, saying, uh, you know, a detective must be well-read in the sciences, and then shows Bruce his um, uh, shelf and library full of, you know, science and detective books and uh, mathematics and uh, lots of books, and says, you know, you must be well-read. And, of course, Bruce Wayne says, yes, I've read them all. Uh, I bought them and read them all. And Bruce is thinking to himself, ha, got him again. If I had said library, he would have find out, found out who I was by going to the library and seeing who had checked out all these books. So I fooled him again. Well, more things like that happen in the little discussion uh, while um, Harris gives the impression that he is teaching something, which he is. He's teaching uh, Bruce that in the field, if we're out there, you must obey. Uh, that's the detective must look at things and look at all angles and stuff. So he would be giving him lessons if we're out there, since you're unskilled and you don't know anything yet and you want to learn in order to learn, you must obey me at all times when we're out there because this is very dangerous. This is not a game. And Bruce begins to take it very seriously. And uh, But while Harris is teaching him, he's also doing little things like that. Nice costume, well-made, nice books. Uh, do, you, um, uh, do you know how to box? A detective must be able to defend himself. And Bruce says, yes, I know all about it, and stops and thinks to himself, ha-ha, he almost caught me again because I was a member of the Sea Scouts. That's where I learned how to box and do all of these other things and blah, blah, blah. So um, Bruce thinks he's been hiding his identity pretty well. Uh, eventually the phone rings, a case comes up, and they go out to solve the current case that's going on. And the case happens to be a, a, an insurance racket for collectors. Somebody is threatening very wealthy collectors uh, that they're going to destroy their collections if they don't buy collector's insurance from them. 
and uh, they go to the first house, the first place where that the the threat has been called in, and it happens to be the collector of uh, um, detailed model wooden ships. And someone has uh, uh, taken these miniature models and put them in the river and is going to destroy them all because the, the owner of them did not buy the insurance for the uh, collector's insurance. Well, when they see this happen, uh, Bruce thinks when they're on the bridge, Bruce thinks uh, on the side, well, these these boats are, are too small for a man to jump on them, but they'll hold my weight and if I can jump in there and get that one, I can catch up to the others and save them all. So he jumps in while uh, Detective Harris says, no, wait. And Bruce goes in and tries to save one. And he uses one of the boats to paddle to start to catch up. And he's catching up to the other boats as they go down the river. And uh, Harris gets in his car and drives really fast to, the, to get to the edge of the uh, – to get to the bridge – and uh, Bruce is still unaware of what's going on ahead, just trying to catch up to the boats. And as he's catching up to them, then he realizes, uh-oh, now I see why uh, Detective Harris didn't want me to jump in. And uh, Bruce is heading towards the waterfall. So Detective Harris screeches his car across the bridge, throws a rope down and says, here, catch. Bruce jumps, his, jumps up uh, and catches the, the rope. And is pulled ahead, pulled up, and uh, the detective is obviously not really happy. They go down at the bottom of the uh, waterfall where all the boats are, and there's just a smash. The boats are all smashed up. And Robin, Bruce Wayne, says, uh, oh no, there's just nothing left except these pieces of um, plywood. And thus begins the thing. So... Uh, the detective gives Robin another couple of lessons. Robin, I say Robin, is Bruce Wayne in the Robin costume, right down to the pixie boots. So Bruce Wayne gives him some, you know, lesson, more lessons, and is asked more questions, of course. But then gives Robin a list and says, go to these two wealthy collectors and warn them that uh, they are potential targets, which... Uh, Bruce does and when he gets to one place he warns one guy and that's fine the other guy says no I'm not going to pay those guys and And, uh, he says my butlers will protect me and then uh, Bruce goes to the next rich house and that guy says I did not pay them either but I'm not going to defend my I'm not my clock collection here because I'm not going to pay them for that but my butler is too old to defend me Robin says uh, Bruce Wayne says I'll stay here until uh, we can get better protection. All the windows and doors are closed, locked. Good. Nobody can get in. Uh, After Detective Harris finishes warning the people on his list, he meets up with Robin back at the last house where Robin is in and says, yes, uh, nobody could get in or out. And the detective said, there's more than one way to get a bomb in the house. And he said to the collector, "Uh, have you brought anything new or different or added anything to your collection in the last uh, 24 hours. And the collector says, why, yes, this large, big clock over here with the guy swinging the gong almost on the hour. Good 
grief. I think that's going to have a bomb in it. Robin jumps and grabs the arm of the thing, preventing it from striking while the detective uh, stops the bomb from going off and goes, boy, good quick thinking there, Robin. So he did something right, something wrong, lessons learned. Well, more of this goes on uh, of uh, 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 threatening the collectors, eliminating it, more tests. The detective, and here's another clue, the detective gives uh, Bruce Wayne a list of names of final collectors and says, okay, let's go back to my uh, house, the detective's house. And you call all of the names on this list and warn them what's happening here while I sit here and study and do this other stuff. And Bruce says, okay, fine. So Bruce looks at the list and he starts, uh, you know, uh, calling all the wealthy collectors and he looks down and goes, good grief. There's Thomas Wayne. There's my own phone number on the list. Of course it is. My father uh, has a small collection of rare coins. Hmm. So Bruce makes the calls to the other people doing the thing, and he says, well, I'll be clever since the parents are out of town. Uh, I will be clever, and when Alfred answers the phone, I won't disguise my voice, but because, he'll, because the detective will notice if I disguise my voice. So, but what I will do for Alfred is uh, just go ahead and talk and then tell him later it was a school prank, so uh, not to be alarmed. And he goes about the business making the phone calls and does the thing and goes on. Uh, we eventually learn, by the way, after all of this happens, and, uh, and he goes to many, many more collectors and threatening them. We go back, and uh, at the end of the, uh, the little tale here of the mystery, once he's gone to all these different collectors and stuff, um, can we put the mystery together? Who is the, the, the main guy that's in charge of this racket. Who's the racketeer, the main bad guy in charge of this insurance collector's fraud? And uh, Bruce just says, I just can't figure it out. I've seen all the clues. And uh, Harvey says, well, I'm on my way to go get the other. And we'll blah. And what? Okay. So they go and they pull up in front of the original collector of the little model ship's place. And Bruce says, what? How could he be? Would he have destroyed his own collection just to collect insurance from these other guys? That would be, that wouldn't be right. So all of the clues were there and they told him because he figured it out early, Detective Hearst, because um, when Robin, when they looked at the pieces of the broken ships at the bottom of the waterfall, the expensive models would have been made of pure wood, made much better materials than that cheap plywood. And, and then he goes on to mention several other clues that Robin had missed, or Bruce Wayne had missed. But the story was solved because of something seen by Robin. So as we come back to modern time, Batman is thinking now, so what clues did I leave for Detective Harris? This is terrible. I must have left something during that time. The ship models were destroyed for only one reason. To scare the other collectors into buying the insurance. So he used fake models, of course, to do that. So as Batman finishes telling the story of his exploits with the great detective, he thinks I must have done something to give away my secret. What could it possibly have been? I just don't know. And at about that time, a letter falls out of the costume. 
that was in the box sent to him by the great detective. Before reading the letter, Batman knew in his mind as a kid, after that adventure, he had kept his secret safe from the great detective. And at that point, I knew I could be a great detective and hide my secret identity when I became an adult. But something must have gone wrong. So Batman picks up the letter from Harvey Harris. It's a last letter from Harvey Harris, and it says, Batman, I've left orders for this sealed package, your old Robin costume, to be sent to you at your Bruce Wayne home after my death. And so, from beyond the grave, the great detective from the past speaks to his former pupil. You see, I did learn your identity. You slipped up when you said you'd sewn your own costume. There's only one place where a boy learns to sew with the sail stitch you used, and that's in the Sea Scouts. I knew if you were a Sea Scout, you must have had a wealthy family to buy expensive books. So that narrowed it down to a few suspects. I put the names of those families on the list I gave you to call. I watched you. You dialed one number, the Wayne number, without looking at the list. That meant you knew that number already, your own phone number. And that meant you were Bruce Wayne. And he ends, I realized that if you were aware I had learned your identity, you would always feel insecure. So I never told you. I was right not to tell you, because you have become the greatest detective of them all. He was wrong, Robin. He was the only man to ever solve the secret of my identity. He was a greater detective than I. The End That was a good story. I enjoyed that story. A lot. <laughs> no, I mean, a lot. And, you know, it's it's weird because uh, I did think originally I had heard or remembered the story from reading it as a little kid, little, little kid. Uh, but, I, again, like I say, I have no proof of that, that the earliest I can prove that I read it was in my original copy of the Batman Annual Number no. 2 that came out in 1962. And I was about 10. Uh, but still, I love this love this story in spite of, by the way, the snarky uh, continuity, totally blow the whole Batman origin right out of the water story. Uh, because obviously the, the, the flaws in the story when it comes to this are Batman being a teenager, Bruce Wayne being a teenager, parents are still alive, but even then, he still wanted to be a crime-fighting detective when he grew up and hide his secret identity. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, Martha and Thomas, we don't know that. But, the, you know, I always assumed that they were killed with him as a young uh, 12 or even younger, 10, 11, 12. Now, in the opening of the story, as it's an opening panel, which I kind of like, is the fact that as they're going back to the Batcave after the mission, uh, Robin is driving. Dick Grayson, Robin is driving, and Batman is yawning. <laughs> so, yeah, they're talking about needing to get back and get some sleep. And they get to the Batcave, and Alfred gives them the box. Opening it, great imagery. Some really good artwork all the way throughout by Dick Sprang, but it's mostly, you know, talking heads, which is fun. But but it, it's still uh, a terrific, terrific little story. 
And uh, even as a kid, man, I just I just ate this kind of thing up because to me, I loved I like the idea of Batman being the Dark Knight detective. I love the whole detective part of uh, Batman. Uh, also, I guess because I'm a Sherlock Holmes fan too, but I do love that part of the Batman guy that, you know, he finds those little tiny things and becomes a detective and he hones those skills. So, uh, this story as a little kid to me just hit right, right in the goods because, um, it's Batman, but now he's wearing a Robin costume, being a Robin, trying to protect his identity from, his idol, the greatest detective of all time at that time, Harvey Harris. Uh, and Harvey Harris is, is kind of a Dick Tracy-looking character a little bit. Square jaw, white hat, uh, you know, of the time period. Just, just what a fun, fun story. And written by Edmund Hamilton again. It just how many times <laughs> can uh, I read an Edmund Hamilton story and just go, yay! I like that story a lot. So uh, when Batman was Robin, fun story. Okay. So that uh, so ends the first episode of the Batman forever radio podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. So for those who have stuck around and you want to now hear the whole true story about why uh, I'm kind of dumping Superman the truth is this. April Fools. <laughs> I know it's cruel. It's terrible. I hate April Fools, but did it anyway. <laughs> I'm not dumping Superman. Uh, I've wanted to talk about Batman for a long time just for the fun of it. He's my second favorite character. None of the stuff I said up front is a lie. Uh, other than the fact that the show is changing to a Batman show. It's not changing to a Batman show. This is going to be... Uh, the Superman Forever radio podcast for as long as I can see. I see no end in the future for me sitting down every couple of weeks and sitting down and talking about Superman. Uh, it does my heart good. If there ever is a Bob's Batman podcast, you guys will be the first to know. I do love Batman. He is a great, great, great character, but it's not Superman. <laughs> and this is the Superman Forever radio podcast. My name is Bob Fisher. And next time, get ready, folks, because what are we working on right now behind the scenes? Episode 100 of the Superman Forever radio podcast. Got some surprises, got some fun. Really, I hope you've enjoyed this and we'll see you next time. Bye. Don't miss the next thrill-packed episode in the amazing adventures of the Superman Forever radio podcast. Superman is based on the original character appearing in Superman Magazine and Action Comics. Superman is copyright DC Comics. Superman created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. If you'd like to get in touch, send me email. Bob at SupermanForever.com Bob at SupermanForever.com Thank you.